0: Welcome to this week's Ponder Across the Ponds. This week, we're going to explore one of the most challenging personality types.
1: The narcissist.
0: The narcissist. Have you ever had an encounter with a narcissist?
1: What is the difference between healthy and unhealthy narcissism?
0: Why is a narcissist different from other personalities?
1: Join us as we Ponder Ponder Across across the the ponds.
0: Ponds. Aloha, TJ.
1: Aloha, Malcolm.
0: And how are you this fine week?
1: This week has been an interesting week. I got some sea monkeys.
0: I'm sorry, you got some sea monkeys?
1: Have you never had sea monkeys.
0: I have absolutely no idea what you... Is this a Hawaiian thing?
1: This is not a Hawaiian thing. It's like a... It's like a thing that kids oftentimes do. They get sea monkeys.
0: I've absolutely no idea what it is. Is it some sort of confectionery?
1: No, it's not. It's it's instant live eggs that you put in water and then they hatch, and it's brine shrimp. And they, it's got like a cute little tank that it comes with as well.
0: No, wait a minute. It's it's real eggs. Yes. And what do you do with them? So so they're like little eggs. What sort of size?
1: Well, they're tiny. You couldn't even. See, it; it just looks like a powder that you put in the water. You mix it up. And then within... Well, actually, some of them hatch instantly, and then other ones take up to a week. And then you see these little dots moving around in the tank.
0: Right. And what do you do do with sea monkeys?
1: What do you do with an aquarium? You just watch it.
0: Right. So you get a tank. Do you get a tank? And then you put this... So you sprinkle with... These mini eggs, and when I say mini eggs, I think of Easter when you get these like bags of chocolate eggs. But so you sprinkle these sort of mini eggs, and it's is it some sort of I don't know, do you get them in the sea generally? From
1: what I've read about them, they seem to be genetically engineered or something that they manufacture these brine shrimp in order to be able to live for a long time.
0: So it's a shrimp.
1: Yeah, it's a type of shrimp.
0: Okay, and do you actually see them? Like, uh, do they look shrimpy? When do they grow to look shrimpy? Shrimpy.
1: Do you want to see them?
0: I can see here. Sea monkeys are a novelty aquarium pet, a type of brine shrimp that undergoes cryptobiosis. Developed in the United States in 1957, the shrimp are intended to be added to water and almost always come bundled in a three-pouch kit with other required pouches and instructions. That means absolutely nothing to me.
1: Well, the best part about the Sea Monkeys is that they have where you still send away to get more of them or more of the products. You know how back in the day, if you wanted something, you had to send a letter in with a check or mail order in order to... (laughs) And it'll get whatever it was. So, sea monkeys have stayed very old school, and you can still send in your five dollars to get more food for them in the mail.
0: Okay, I'm quite interested to know what cryptobiosis is. I've just looked it up. Cryptobiosis is a metabolic state of life entered by an organism in response to adverse environmental conditions. Sounds like me. I live in Scotland. The weather's horrendous. Such as desiccation don't know what that is. Has that got something to do with coconut? (laughs) Maybe not. You get desiccated coconut. It maybe is actually. I'm gonna have to look up desic we could be here all night. Freezing or (laughs) oxygen deficiency. And it puts them into a cryptobiotic state. Well, well.
1: Kinda (laughs) sounds like a narcissist.
0: Sounds, yeah, I mean, it's like somebody, it's like, it, I mean if you put yourself into a cryptobiotic state, does that mean you live forever? Maybe, maybe. Desiccation is removal of moisture from something. So it is like something to do with coconut.
1: Hmm.
0: Because you get desiccated coconut, which is coconut flakes, and that's because they've had all the moisture taken out. So there you go. Well done. So the, Exactly. So your shrimps have their moisture <laughs> taken out of them, put in a bag, then you get a little tank and you pour them in, and then you watch them hatch.
1: Sounds like you're a sea monkey expert now.
0: Sounds like you need to get out more, and lockdown has been going on for far too long for you.
1: <laughs> Aren't you kind of tempted, though, to have some sea monkeys after reading up on them?
0: I, I, Yeah, it has tempted me. I've never heard of them before, and now I can see that you obviously are trying to create life in your lounge (laughs) that sounds terrible
1: (laughs) they do actually mate they do mate they latch onto each other as if almost like they're spooning and they swim around for days and then she becomes pregnant and she gets this bump on her belly and then eventually it explodes and you get more tiny little brine shrimp
0: you definitely need to get out more TJ. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm just in it for the malorder that you get to you get to do a mal and you can even get them banana treats too.
0: What like bits of dried desiccated banana?
1: <laughs> I assume so. I haven't looked up all the ingredients, but it's called banana treat.
0: Well, well, it sounds to me like you're turning into a bit of a narcissist, if you don't mind me saying so, trying to create life in your lounge and keep it in a little tank.
1: All right, that's enough, Malcolm. Let's stop monkeying around.
0: Oh, you're so funny, which takes us nicely into this week's subject. Shall we start this week's subject? We may as well.
1: Let's go for it.
0: Okay. This week's subject is?
1: Narcissism
0: narcissism do you have a definition of narcissism will i do my one my definition of narcissist first
1: i i didn't look up a separate because i feel like they always end up the same unless i can come up with something okay so
0: i'll give you i've looked up a definition of narcissist okay it says here it's a daffodil especially one with a small flower having a short cup-shaped corona turns out i was looking up narcissus which is a daffodil and when when you said we were going to do narcissism i thought is this like some sort of horticulture program why are we talking about flowers but it's not narcissism is not anything to do with daffodils apparently okay narcissism the character narcissus in mythology is the origin of the term of narcissism and he or i think it was a he had a fixation with himself. Narcissist looked at his reflection, but he doesn't fall in love with his reflection because it's beautiful. He falls in love with it because it is his reflection.
1: That's our obsession with ourselves.
0: Exactly. So that's part of the narcissistic behavior. Apparently, it's a personality disorder and can mean you can have a high sense of self-importance. And it's a mental condition where people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration. They often have troubled relationships and a lack of empathy for others.
1: I think the last one that you mentioned there is really key, the lack of empathy for others, because it's empathy or vulnerability that actually connects us and the narcissist doesn't have the ability to do that.
0: So it's a bit like last week's episode when we were talking about bullying. If you don't have vulnerability in yourself, then you're less likely to be empathetic to other individuals.
1: That's right. It's our, it's the center of our emotions, things that make us feel um, loved or feel hurt. Um, They're very, they're very important emotions as human beings. And when when we've had traumas or things that happen, we tend to close off those parts of ourselves that allow us to be open to other people in order to have that connection. But if we're so afraid of rejection from other people, then we build up these walls. And narcissism is one of those traits that can become out of control within a person.
0: To a certain extent, it's, it's kind of psychopathic, isn't it? There's a book by... Uh, John Ronson called The Psychopath Test. And there's 20 questions in it where you ask. In fact, there's a few of them. I'll just go through a few of them. It's things like glibness, grandiose sense of self-worth, being cunning and manipulative, um, callous with lack of empathy, all these sort of things. So it's very similar, isn't it?
1: It is. And one of the key parts of it is a need for admiration, that they need that validation and attention because of a fear of rejection, and in order to be able to avoid the vulnerability side, they cut off a sense of feeling and they just go straight for that admiration. And if they don't get that, they just keep searching more and more. They try to find the formula or whatever it is to be able to get that kind of interaction with people that they want, but they won't feel into those feelings of rejection.
0: So, and we've all come across narcissists, I think, but I mean, probably particularly in in work more than anything else but i guess we're going to touch on that as we go through the podcast
1: absolutely because that's such a place where most people do interact with it so we can talk about that a bit more
0: shall we do some quotes then <laughs>
1: yeah i forgot to have you got one. any
0: oh right okay right let me go get it interesting isn't it i just say shall we do some quotes and tj's first response says oh i forgot to get the gong you're all gonged up
1: (laughs) yeah i should just leave it in here i guess
0: then then nobody would know what time it was dinner if you just left it in there (laughs) thanks for that okay so um we'll do that let's do the quote i'll do a chinese proverb first so cue the gong At the feast of ego, everyone leaves hungry.
1: Say that once more.
0: At the feast of ego, everyone leaves hungry.
1: That's true.
0: (laughs) So you sit you sat there for ages, nodding she sat there for ages, nodding her head as if to say, Oh yes, I understand that. I'm gonna come up with something amazing to say about that quote. And then she goes, That's true. Brilliant. I thought you did psychology.
1: (laughs) The ego is never satisfied in its search for admiration. And it will search for that at its own expense, as well as the expense of others. And so that's why I think it says that everybody leaves hungry. No one's ever satisfied because the outward searching of the ego actually needs to be internal in order to find that true satisfaction.
0: You're so good. Honestly, you totally redeemed yourself there. Totally redeemed yourself there. I'm so impressed. Cause I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, I've no idea what this means, but it's like, it must be great. Cause it's a Chinese proverb. And I had, and I was thinking about people, you know, maybe somebody at some sort of feast where they had a massive ego, but everybody else at the feast didn't, but they never got anything out of it. Cause the one with the ego was the one who took everything. I can tell by the look in your face that that was rubbish.
1: (laughs) There's just no satisfaction when it comes to the ego. It makes me think of, I was watching a Ted talk on happiness and it talked about how, when you engage in a certain behavior, say it's having a piece of pizza and the first piece piece of pizza that you have tastes absolutely delicious and you love it. And, Your body is in pleasure producing mode. Now, if you start chasing that, and because you're unhappy in a number of different things in your life, and you just want to eat more and more and more pizza, your body goes from pleasure producing to pleasure seeking. And then your body is no longer letting you experience that pleasure as it did when you had that one slice of pizza, it now puts you in this mode where you're trying to get back to that original sense of pleasure. That's the same thing that happens with the ego is that we get some admiration, we get some recognition, validation, and it starts to never feel like enough because we don't feel like we're enough inside. And so we're seeking that from other people.
0: That's interesting you say that because in my very first job, there was a guy who... we it was a long time ago and they used to allow smoking in an office it was dreadful and I was an engineer so at the time most engineers were men there was two girls in the office which is shocking in an office of like 200 people and people smoked in the office like chain smoked in the office and if you didn't smoke well that was just tough and you'd go home at the end of the night and your shirt was stinking a cigarette it was dreadful when you think about it now but the um, the guy, this guy I worked with, Pete, he said um, he was talking about smoking, and he said, "Don't ever smoke. It's not worth it because after your first cigarette's amazing, and then it's never as good. And you can smoke as much as you want, but you're always still trying to get that first, the feeling that you had from your first cigarette. I guess it applies to many things, actually.
1: It definitely does. And with the narcissist, it's the never." ending search for admiration.
0: So good Chinese proverb I think. I do have another quote actually. There's two quotes about narcissists actually. One is narcissists try to destroy your life with lies because theirs can be destroyed with the truth. How deep Ooh. is that?
1: <laughs> I like that one.
0: And then the other one was and this is a narcissist quote who would say, I don't care what you think unless it's about me.
1: But what about me?
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so let's do the quiz, shall we? Are you up for a quiz, TJ, on narcissism? Yes, I am. Excellent. So we've got uh, three questions about narcissism. And it's a hard word to say, isn't it? If you say it fast, it's just impossible.
1: Can you say it three times?
0: If you say it three times fast, then it totally loses its meaning. <laughs> Narcissist 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 and then it just becomes like sounds there's a name for that actually yeah there is uh hold on a minute and i shall tell you what it is it's called semantic citation when you say a word so many times that it loses its meaning i find that if you say slipper lots of times it becomes a ridiculous word Is, is slipper an American word?
1: We do use the word slipper. I don't know if it's for the... I can't remember if it's for the same thing, like the the fluffy shoes that you wear around the house.
0: That's right. That is slipper. It
1: is the same.
0: Uh, see, I've, I've only said it twice and I still find it funny. It's just like a ridiculous word. Excellent. Anyway, let's just get on with this quiz. So quiz about narcissism. Question number one. Ready for question number one? Ready. What percentage of the population are
1: narcissists.
0: 9%. No, you're a bit high, actually. It's 5.3%. Not too far off. Well, not too far off, I said. That's one in 200 people have narcissism. So you know, definitely know a narcissist. And in your average kind of office, so I'm talking about that office with the guy that was smoking, there was probably a couple of hundred people in there. Definitely, there was, there was definitely a narcissist in that office. And we worked together in an office in Edinburgh. There was probably about a hundred people in that office. So there was 200 people in the whole organization. I'm sure there was one or two in that organization.
1: The narcissist tends to be the one that's in control, usually is a boss or a manager.
0: Yeah, I think we should come back to that, actually, because we did some, uh, I did some training on coaching and there was some interesting sort of thoughts around leadership and narcissism, actually. So we'll come back to that because that'll be quite interesting. So yeah, so one in 200 people, Generally, would be a narcissist. So, what percentage? Question number two: What percentage of narcissists are men?
1: Fifty percent.
0: No. Seven. Oh wait,
1: can I redo that one? No, I I already heard what you're going to say, so I better stick with it.
0: Seventy-five percent.
1: Wow. How do you feel about that, Malcolm?
0: I feel I'm amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And I quite like looking at myself. No, I don't. No, 75%. I mean, I think you were probably about to say to me that you thought the 50% was probably a bit on the low side. I could tell just by the look in your eye that you, were, you said 50% and then I thought, mm, you're changing your mind, aren't you?
1: I was thinking that I remembered it being a higher proportion in men than women.
0: And maybe that comes back to this whole thing about when we're talking about in the workplace and people in senior positions who often, rightly or wrongly, often are men.
1: That's a good observation, Malcolm. Very insightful.
0: It is, it is. Not in my current employer, actually. In the executive team in my current employer, there's probably six executives who run the organization. Five of them are women.
1: Wow, that's great. Good That is It is
0: great. Okay, let's do question number three. Who are most likely to have narcissistic, now that's a difficult one to say, isn't it? Narcissistic tendencies. And I'm talking about maybe careers or types of people when I say that.
1: In the TV and movie industry?
0: Well, it's not actually. So apparently 17% of medical students could potentially have narcissistic tendencies.
1: That does make sense because in order to be able to have a job like being a doctor where you're taking on high levels of responsibility, you're going to have to have a certain amount of narcissism in order to be able to get yourself through I actually have an interesting uh story about that. So my sister was pre-accepted into medical school. And one of the things that really put her off of it was that these kids that were in the program, they would introduce themselves by their IQ score. So I can't think of anything that no. is more narcissistic. Yeah. than introducing yourself by your IQ score. And she just felt like, she didn't fit in there like how could you want to be around people that are that narcissistic there's no connection there's no vulnerability it's just about people trying to win admiration for themselves
0: that's bonkers so it's like hi i'm malcolm i've got an iq of 23
1: (laughs) you probably wouldn't say 23 but
0: (laughs) right okay okay
1: that that proves That proves you're not a narcissist, Malcolm.
0: Excellent. I did that deliberately. (laughs) I'm not sure. What makes you a genius? What's the IQ that you have to have to then be a genius?
1: I think it's anything above 100, I want to say, is above average.
0: Is it? I I think
1: my IQ is like 114 or something. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm just above average.
0: Oh, I don't know. That's, that's quite high. So in an, I, an IQ score over 140 indicates that you're a genius or nearly a genius, whilst 120 to 140 is classed as very superior intelligence. 110 to 119 is superior intelligence, and 90 to 109 is normal or average intelligence. Right, what happened to my IQ of 23? Where did that come from? <laughs> it's hereditary. That's my excuse. So you think your IQ is 114?
1: I think so. That's what I remember somebody saying that you could go to your guidance counselor to find out what your IQ score was. So I went one day and the guidance counselor seemed a bit like, oh, like they don't really like to give out that information yeah. to people. But she ended up telling me and my friends uh, when we asked for it. So that's what I remember, but maybe that's just my narcissistic side thinking
0: that Well I was, was... gonna say hundred and fourteen is superior intelligence. Yeah.
1: You're such a narcissist, isn't <laughs> it?
0: Yeah. I didn't wanna say.
1: <laughs> well, if this quiz is anything to go by, definitely <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, you say you got you've got superior intelligence and you get zero out of three. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty good on the, on the Proverbs though.
0: That's true. You're not too, but you're pretty good on the Proverbs. (laughs) That's very true. So one little additional one on the quiz, actually, how many signs or symptoms of narcissism are there? Nine. Did you know that?
1: I, well, when I was researching narcissism, that one came up. So,
0: okay. I'll let you off. There are nine and I guess we'll come to that a little later on so that's not bad you redeemed yourself at the very last minute you managed to get the bonus question a brucey bonus for you well done okay good quiz good quiz very interesting i think that one in 200 people have are, are well it says here they are narcissists one in 200 so if you're in a big office block You probably know who it is, to be honest, without even thinking about it. Um, And then 75% of narcissists are, in fact, men. Interesting. So we set ourselves a little challenge this week. And uh, what was the challenge, TJ?
1: We had to take a personality test to find out what our narcissist score was.
0: Exactly. So we went on to the internet and found a narcissist test and tried to see what our narcissist narcissist our narcissist score was so and what sort of questions can you remember some of the questions that you were asked being as you just did it about 10 minutes ago
1: (laughs) (laughs) one of the questions was do you think you could do a better job than your something like do you think that you would be a better leader than your own boss
0: I'm not going to ask you what you put down for that
1: (laughs) I'm happy to share. I said no.
0: Right. Okay, good. And Anything else? Any other ones?
1: There were quite a few that were about being the center of attention or grandiose sense of self.
0: Yep. Okay. So I guess you went for no on most of these ones, I'm thinking.
1: Some of them I said yes, if it made sense to me, because I yep. think the whole point is to answer honestly about I, it. But the thing about narcissists is that they're not very likely to answer honestly
0: well that's a th- that's what i thought when i was doing the quiz i thought you know if i was a narcissist i wouldn't you know i'd want to be i'd want to get a good score so then i would try and game the system to get myself a decent score do you remember when
1: when we were working together that there was some there was some survey that we did that had a question about how narcissistic are you do you remember that
0: I don't remember that.
1: And it's so funny because you had to score yourself on one to five. I swear it asked like how much of a narcissist you were, and it just seemed like the silliest question because how do you, how can it's a trick well, question?
0: Yeah, it is a trick question, isn't it? You know, and I bet that day if it went to look and see what the Google searches were, it would have been definition of narcissist because most people would be going What's that? What on earth is that? Except for the narcissists of course, because they know everything.
1: <laughs> narcissists absolutely know how to game the system. Totally. That's the that's the tricky part about it is that it's hard to it's hard to see your narcissistic self. So in doing this quiz, I think all you can do is try to be as honest with yourself as possible.
0: So the problem now is I'm thinking we're gonna give out our scores. And there's a fair chance people listening will be going, they're just narcissists. They've just gamed the system. <laughs>
1: there's there's no winning. I I, I don't there think that there's any way to totally win on this. There's game. no
0: winning. Right. So well I give you my score? So basically, I think what I, I, I think the quiz was it was 40 questions. And then you get a score out of 40. So I'm guessing it just kind of it's like a pretty basic quiz. But I think it adds up the number of times that you say yes to some sort of question that might have sort of narcissistic tendencies to it. So my score was eight out of 40 which which i thought oh that's not too bad and then i thought well wait a minute that means 20 percent of me is a narcissist that's a bit high but it does say that actually that's minimal in terms of narcissistic tendencies so i feel a bit better about myself
1: my score is higher than yours
0: is it
1: yeah totally is
0: oh you're such a narcissist
1: (laughs) i'm willing to embrace my inner narcissist
0: yeah okay what was your score (laughs)
1: My score was 11.
0: 11. Well, it's not bad, is it? That's like 25%.
1: Narcissists get a bad rep, though, to some degree, because if you don't have a healthy degree of narcissism, then it's very difficult to navigate in the world, right? You're probably you're more likely to be bullied. You don't have that sense of self-protection that narcissists are experts, They have an incredible defense system.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, in fact, I can tell you, I can tell you the kind of bands that they had. So zero to 10 was minimal narcissistic tendencies, 11 to 16. So you're just on the border, mild, mild narcissistic tendencies, 17 to 25 strong and 26 to 40 was severe. So, you know, we're kind of right down at the, the bottom end, I think.
1: And I feel like that's okay. Some people who they are are just going to have stronger tendencies towards narcissism, right? Stronger self-protection qualities. I think it's an issue if it's getting in the way of connection with other people. Funny, one of my best friends actually <laughs> told me that I was being narcissistic once.
0: Really? What was the context?
1: I was really grateful, actually, that she had said it to me because I hadn't thought of it in the way before. We were we were out on a night out in Edinburgh, I think the night before. And I would obsess any time that I would go out drinking. Oh, did I upset somebody? Would that person be thinking about something that I said? And as I'm kind of going through this with her, she goes, don't you think that's a bit narcissistic to think that people cared that much about what you said when you're out last night? Everyone was just tipsy and having fun.
0: That and, is true, though.
1: And I thought, wow, that is really true. That is very self-centered to me to think that people cared that much about what I said or what I thought.
0: I think people do worry about things that they have said. And, and I often say this to my daughter, actually. I do say, you know, Lisa, don't worry about it, because generally People don't care that much about what other people are saying. You know, I mean, if you said something nasty or whatever, but if, you know, if it was just general chat, most people are are interested in themselves.
1: It is true. We we all yeah. are interested in ourselves and what somebody else does. We're only interested in how that affects us or the way that we feel about ourselves. It's not, exactly. a, it's not actually about that other person at yeah, all.
0: Totally. So I think we're all right. We, you know, we're round about the 10 out of 40 mark. I think that's OK. And I felt quite good about myself when I did the test. I thought, that's great. here 40. Amazing. And then this box flashed up on the website. Chat online with a licensed counselor who can treat your narcissistic personality disorder.
1: <laughs> it's just like, Which what? It's funny because the narcissist is never going to go and ask for help and be like, oh, I'm a narcissist. Can you please help me with this? It's It's other things that affect a narcissist that probably there's something in their life. They can't control. And so then they're going to try to get help for that in order to be able to control it. But if you can see that you're a narcissist or those tendencies then you're probably okay.
0: Yeah, chat online to a counselor. You've got 27 out of 40 and they can treat your narcissistic personality disorder. It'd be like, I've not got a narcissistic personality disorder. That's nonsense. There's nothing wrong with me.
1: I say embrace the inner narcissist. People are going to tear you down all the time out there. You need to be able to protect yourself. I think the important thing is to just own it, to know who you are, To speak your truth and that you don't have to prove that to anybody but always be willing to put connection and vulnerability when it's appropriate
0: good advice tj good advice so i think big tick on the challenge oh yours is better than mine (laughs) okay so the topic we've just been discussing is narcissism and it turns out that tj and i not really narcissistic just a wee bit and that's my scottish accent coming out and i've just realized we've never said in case you've never listened to this podcast before i am in scotland in edinburgh and tj moved to hawaii got fed up with scotland well got fed up with working behind a desk and just thought you know what i'm going to I'm going to be a narcissist and look after myself. I'm off to Hawaii and TJ's in Maui.
1: So it's not always a bad thing to be a narcissist if it means that you end up in Hawaii.
0: That's a good point. I'll need to sort of hone my narcissism skills, I think. So there are, So I mentioned earlier on when we were doing the quiz, how many signs or symptoms of narcissism are. You got that one right because the answer was? Nine. Nine. There are nine signs and symptoms of narcissism. Shall we go through some of them and maybe have a little chat about them? So the first one is an exaggerated sense of self-importance.
1: Admiration. They use their own admiration as a gap until they get that admiration from other people. However, it's not actually coming from a genuine place. And because they haven't really satisfied their need for that true admiration that validation that they're seeking it's an endless search
0: interesting so the, the first one is self exaggerated sense of self-importance and then there's an excessive need for admiration They link obviously because you know the self-importance thing requires admiration and i mentioned earlier that i did a course on coaching you might have done that course actually and the trainer was quite a, an experienced coach and she She coached executives on a sort of one-to-one basis, but we did this quite good coaching course that we put everybody uh, across the business on just to try and nurture the sort of culture of coaching in the organisation. But one of the things she said, and I thought that's so true, is that generally in businesses, particularly bigger businesses, the people who end up in a position of authority or power, in inverted commas, generally are the wrong people to be in that job. And I guess it's their narcissistic tendencies that drive them to get to that place of a leadership role in an organisation. And of course, once they're at that point, in terms of open mindset, there was a sort of discussion around closed mindset and open mindset where closed mindset Leaders are just about, well, I'm the leader. I know what I'm doing. It's up to me to decide how to do this sort of thing. Where an open mindset leader would be somebody that would take everybody with them and listen. Listening's a big thing about leadership in an organization, listening to what people want and coaching and working with staff. But of course, the people generally who get to that leadership role in the end, happen to be the people that are closed mindset.
1: And that's something that I believe is evolving too. So although that narcissistic tendency in leaders worked for so long, I think that some of the most innovative companies have people that have more of the open mindset because they're getting more people on board. They're more flexible with their ideas, what's working, what isn't it's not about one person driving a business forward. It's about how adaptive a business can be. And you can only do that if you have a variety of perspectives. So it's those companies that are actually thriving.
0: And I worked, I've maybe mentioned him before, but my best boss is a guy <laughs> I worked with years ago. David was his name. So if you're listening, David, you'll know who you are. But he was definitely my best boss, had an open mindset and he used to say, actually, he was one of these people that would give you little hints and tips of advice of things that he had come across. But one of the things he did say was, whenever I employ somebody, I always try and employ somebody who's better than I am or smarter than I am or can do the job better than I can do. Because then if I do that and, and I nurture that feeling throughout the organization, then the place will grow and it'll become better.
1: And because narcissists are so self-serving that they're not really looking to help the whole of the organization because of their insatiable need for admiration. They wouldn't want somebody better than them. And that's another reason why those businesses are less likely to thrive in the future because it's about one individual fulfilling their own needs, not an individual that's fulfilling their needs through helping something that's greater and bigger than their own self. Always enjoyed working with you, Malcolm, because you had that open mindset, very creative problem solving. You would you would see something and you would see how the chess pieces needed to move in order to make that happen if it was possible.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of kind of yeah. How am I going to make this happen? Because I know it's not going to happen just now, but I need to find a way. I guess exactly to shuffle the chess pieces in order to get myself into a place where actually I can then, then do it. But it seemed to work. So that was good. And then you, and then you get, you create buy in from the people around you because they go, Oh, that's great. He actually manages to find a way to get things done. And it's all done in a sort of, hopefully in a sort of positive kind of way.
1: And people had such trust for what it is that you were doing as well. People would be open and you would get them on board in order to, to help to make all those things happen. Your patience was unbelievable. Like patience and timing is what you had in the office. You just wait for that moment to just like drop something that you had been like holding on to that you wanted to change for like months or years.
0: (laughs) I was never successful on the flexi time. I tried that. Um, I was very patient and I tried loads of moments. I thought, right, this is the moment I'm going to go for it. And then it just (laughs) never It never came off. But, you know, I think you have to know your limitations, which is a a non-narcissistic tendency to know your limitations.
1: One of the greatest strengths a person can have is knowing your weakness, your limitations. For a narcissist, they can't cope with the thought that they have shortcomings in any way. And if you are willing to own up to your weaknesses or limitations, whether it's yourself or a situation, you're much more likely to be successful and happy in whatever it is that you're trying to
0: achieve or navigate. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that's uh, why you're looking at me like that.
1: (laughs) You don't disagree, but you didn't say you agreed.
0: (laughs) I agree. I agree. So that's our first two. Uh, self-importance and admiration so another one is superficial and exploitative relationships i guess that is when somebody is trying to exploit other people around them in order to get what they want and i know i've worked with people like that you can see you can see them a mile off that basically they know that if they use you in a certain way or even maybe even use your ideas or take credit for some of the things you've done then they're they're, they're kind of exploiting your relationship in order for them to uh, benefit
1: everything becomes how it serves that one person people in relationships aren't the primary focus of this personality type what they're looking for is how can they get more of what they want and so people are either helping them or they're against them. People become pluses, or they become minuses.
0: And I've got so many people going through my head at the moment that I've come across over the years that, are like that. it's crazy, isn't it? And they stick in your mind, don't they?
1: They do because if you're a person that enjoys connecting with people, and which I think that both of us we really we really enjoy that. We like getting to know people. The narcissist never truly lets you in. And you can feel that they have a game that they have an agenda there's something that they 're trying to to do. Everything is self serving for them
0: exactly. Next one is lack of empathy. People who are unempathetic i've got it so I used to work in a place let 's not see where it was, but I did work in a place, and there was a guy, and he was quite a nice bloke actually i well, I thought he was quite a nice guy, but oddly. I was at a Christmas party and everyone had a bit to drink and you know people say things for a bit of a laugh at a Christmas party but I can't remember you know I was just general Scottish banter with this guy and his wife was at the party and his wife turned around to him and said are you going to let him say that to you? I mean it was quite a night you know it's just like a jovial sort of jokey thing but the interesting thing was he obviously had this grandiose self-importance thing because he was a Director, but well, so was I. So it didn't make any difference, but his wife obviously didn't know that. Um, and, and so she had this view that, well, my, my man's, he's a director. You know, everybody should be fawning over him. And, and I lost that job. Actually, I was made redundant, which is just one of those things that happen. And it's this whole lack of empathy thing. He never spoke to me after that, like just didn't speak. I'd be in the office and, you know, we used to chat and stuff at the coffee machine and stuff like that. After that, not interested, just not interested in me. I didn't work for that. You know, I wasn't going to work for that company anymore. I was of no value to him anymore was kind of how I felt. And I thought, interesting.
1: It's interesting to think back to the previous episode on bullying, too, Mm. that, you know, there's all these personality types out there that when you encounter them and the bully and the narcissist, oftentimes they go hand in hand. That there's nothing that you can do; they just shut you out, or they're completely in control of the situation. And the choice really is to leave, in order to not have to keep exposing yourself to that kind of behavior, because it's very destructive, very toxic.
0: It is for everyone around, but I guess maybe the sort of the person that person who's trying to get wherever they want to be in the company. I mean, we've all come across people that are quite happy to trample all over anyone to get what they want. And I guess, you know, in their eyes, they're probably thinking, well, that's fine. You know, I'm just getting what I want.
1: That is the self-serving nature of a narcissist.
0: It is indeed. So there's a couple more here on the uh, nine signs and symptoms. Uh, Identity disturbance. I didn't really know what that meant.
1: That's interesting. Does it say more about it?
0: I wondered if it was that the individual struggled with their own identity actually and within you know the context of maybe a work environment
1: this might relate back to the disconnection with their vulnerability so our vulnerability is a huge part of our personality that we're born with in identity disturbance they're not connected with that part of themselves so there's a part of their own identity where there's a disconnect
0: uh uh Disconnect with what do you mean.
1: It's a disconnect within themselves with that part of themselves because they they can't deal with handling those feelings of rejection or abandonment. Something that was triggered early in life, and so it created a disturbance to their identity. So they kind of they they shielded that off from themselves, and they became a very controlling, self centered person.
0: That makes sense. You're totally making up for that bad turnout on the quiz, TJ. With this, <laughs> totally making up for it. So the other one is difficulty with attachment and dependency. So I can understand that. I can understand how a narcissist doesn't really want to be attached to anything specific or have to depend on somebody. So I guess that's the that whole thing about trampling over people and not needing to rely on people.
1: There were times when that person would have, felt so unsupported in their life they only had themselves to rely on and so in order for the self to be able to survive they had to seal off certain parts of the self because it was too emotionally painful to cope with
0: so are you so are you connecting the the potential to be a narcissist with maybe some sort of trauma that's happened in the past to somebody is that where you think it maybe comes from
1: yes Typically, it does come from trauma in the past. I think some people are born with chemical imbalances that result in sociopathic behavior of not being able to connect. But the majority of the time, I believe it is people that have had traumatic events. And it's a way that the the mind tries to preserve itself, its sense of identity. Malcolm, doesn't it kind of remind you of the, the sea monkeys, the... Crypto what is it?
0: Cryptobiosis.
1: Cryptobiosis. Do you want yes. to say the definition again?
0: I can see the definition. It's cryptobiosis is a metabolic state of life entered by an organism in response to adverse environmental conditions.
1: Sounds a lot like the narcissist to me. Where the narcissist that's that's kind of what it goes through it. Goes into almost like that self-protection mechanism in order to preserve the identity.
0: In response to adverse conditions. So if you're talking about a trauma or something like that.
1: Exactly. So maybe we just need to bring these narcissists to life.
0: So there was a reason why you bought those sea monkeys after all.
1: I had no idea that it was going to wrap in so well to this topic.
0: Ah, It's amazing. It's amazing how things just tend to work out. So there's two more things before we wrap up. Two more of the signs and symptoms of narcissism. One is chronic feelings of emptiness and boredom, which is quite interesting. So I wonder if maybe somebody with that sort of tendency just maybe doesn't feel fulfilled
1: it sounds like loneliness to me there's a deep Mm. loneliness in the narcissist
0: well and i get that because generally they're, they're not that nice to other people so then they probably they probably not got any mates
1: and that's what they're craving more than anything if you think back to the bullying episode When you were talking about the investor that you were speaking to that said about the FIFA cup.
0: Oh, the FA cup. Yes. About my ears looking like the FA cup. My daughter listened to that and she laughed and laughed and she said, oh, that was so funny. And I thought that wasn't supposed to be funny.
1: And that guy. You're laughing
0: as well. You're laughing as well.
1: (laughs) It's your delivery, Malcolm. You have good delivery on that.
0: right, Right.
1: And that guy, that investor, what he picked up from you was that you are able to have very genuine connections with people that you're not a lonely person because of the way that you interact with people. And he was probably really jealous about that. He picked that up from you in an instant. And rather than meeting his own vulnerability, he decided to try to level the playing score.
0: I think that's so interesting you say that because last week when we were talking about that guy and, and I said, I'm not that bothered. He's probably not got any mates. And I said it in a kind of flippant way, but now, now that we're talking about this, it absolutely makes sense, doesn't it?
1: It is. It's a loneliness that these people are are running from, that they felt that at some point in their life. And the brain is going through its own kryptonosis. <laughs>
0: cryptobiosis.
1: Cryptobiosis.
0: Cryptonosis. (laughs) Have you just made up some sort of metabolic state?
1: Where it it preserves its own sense of self.
0: Yeah, I think that's very true. So very interesting how we came back full circle. The last one on the signs and symptoms is, and it's odd actually, because I never thought of this subject as being something to do with, as as it turned out, you know, some sort of trauma and vulnerability, maybe in earlier life. But vulnerability to life transitions is another symptom or sign of a narcissist.
1: That fits in with everything that we're saying, right, about vulnerability and... Instability.
0: So yeah, really interesting. Uh, nine signs and symptoms, and you know, if you really think about it, you can probably relate that to people that you've come across. Maybe some of them, maybe all of them. Who knows?
1: We all have a bit of narcissism, and we're going to interact with people that are varying degrees of narcissists. And the important thing is to to keep yourself protected around these people by using your own healthy amount of narcissism. And to just remember that these narcissists are coming from most likely a traumatized past. And we all share in those kind of similar experiences of a point when we needed support and we didn't have it or feelings of loneliness. Those experiences are just heightened for the narcissist. When you can try to have a little bit of empathy for them, even though that can be quite difficult in the moment.
0: Very good. And I'm going to finish, because you were chatting about that guy who was rude to me, the narcissist who was rude to me, so I'm going to finish with a Chinese proverb that relates to people being rude. So can you get your gong out, please? And the Chinese proverb is, if you ask for directions rudely, you may end up a long distance from your destination. (laughs) That's a real Chinese proverb. (laughs)
1: I like that
0: one. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up quite nicely. I'll tell you, I've enjoyed this chat because, well, I didn't really know much about narcissism before we started, to be honest. And it's one of those words that come up that, you know, like smart people use. And it's only relatively recently that I've kind of thought, oh, that's actually what a narcissist is. And then doing some research for this, it's like, that totally is. I, I absolutely understand it. So that's been really insightful, I think. And I also think that, the thing that I that came out most for me was that a lot of these things, these issues that come up, and and it and it related to the bullying thing that we did last week as well. There's something that happens to somebody at some point that makes them like that, uh, uh, or that that sort of engenders that kind of tendency, which I think is really quite interesting.
1: It is interesting, and we need to break the cycle as well. And the best way to break the cycle is to empathize with these people but not not so much that that you put yourself at risk or you know you're giving too much but it empathy is actually the the key ingredient that helps people to come out of their narcissism that's actually what they're craving and some narcissists might not be able to be open to that but at least you can feel that you did your part by trying to extend some empathy to them some kindness
0: And it's nice to be nice. And uh, my mate, actually, years and years ago, he was in the London Underground trying to buy a ticket from the booth from the guy in the London Underground. And often people in big cities are just quite rude. They just don't have a time for people. They're just very, very rude. And 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 he was trying to ask, where can I get a tube to such and such a place? And the guy was very rude to my mate, Ronnie, And at the end of it, when he eventually got the answer, Ronnie turned around and said, It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice.
1: I love that.
0: It was great. It was great. It Put the guy in his box completely.
1: Well, I hope he ended up on the right train and not going in the wrong direction.
0: Exactly. Okay, so that's great, TJ. I think that I've learned a lot from that podcast. I hope you managed to get something out of it too.
1: Yes, I learned from my mistakes. (laughs)
0: You did learn from your mistakes. And can you remember the percentage of narcissists that are men? 70%. 75 <laughs> Okay, so that nicely wraps things up. And we'll be back next week. Any plans for the day, TJ?
1: I'm going to go check on my sea monkeys.
0: Of course. Can you take some pictures?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll take some pictures.
0: Okay, look forward to seeing your sea monkeys. <laughs> I said that without even having a drink. <laughs> That's a good joke, we're friends.
1: <laughs> and we always like to end the episodes just as we began them. So just as aloha means hello, it also means goodbye. Aloha.
0: Aloha. <laughs>